Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. I think anymore and we're entering copyright infringement areas. Thanks for waiting around, people. I know we've been promising this for a while. We are doing the first episode of our book club and we're topping it off with one of my favorite series, Robotech, uh, novelizations by Jack McKinley. Uh, McKinney, excuse me. Yeah, it's so favorite. I, I actually remember the author's name. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, it's a catchy name, isn't it? A pen name? It is. It's a it's a pen name for uh, two people, Brian Daly and James Lucerno. I want to say Lucerno. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same with the James S. A. Corey is a pen name for two guys who uh, work together on those books. Yeah, uh, they also worked on a an ad, an animated series together called The Galaxy Rangers. Jack McKinney. Yeah. Oh, oh nice. We've been talking about this book club for a while, and then we we hadn't met in a while, so yeah. <laughs> we really missed the February <laughs> deadline by a month. But hey, that just gave people more time to read. <laughs> we're, we're just book. we're just building the anticipation. <laughs> yeah, building it up. So this is a big series of books, which we will be working our way through for the rest of forever. <laughs> God, I want to say that like the entire series, including like all the the weird stuff, like. Uh, end of the circle and the, the Zentradi rebellion and all that stuff um, is 21 books. So, okay. Question the books, do they mm-hmm. cover any additional stories that weren't in the animations or do they yes, stick with, but them? they are, they are one in the same. Uh, it's just greater depth as most books are compared to the. Okay. So it's not something where they will occasionally just be like, now we're going to go on a brand new story into another place. And, Somewhat in the Sentinels, somewhat in the end of the circle and the the later stuff, but the what I consider the core books, which are the uh, the 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 Macross saga books, the uh, the Masters series, and the Invid Invasion series, uh, which I believe total twelve, are just straight straight ported across with more detail and more backstory from from the show. Okay. Yeah, it was very fascinating reading this and picturing everything that was happening in the show. Which is the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 as much as sometimes people say to read the thing and then go watch it. No, I, I really think this works best if you've already seen the series. Because now you're seeing it again, but from a more detailed perspective that I feel has a lot more of a human element to it. This connects Agreed. you so yeah. much closer to the characters. One thing, uh, let's do some book trivia before we get into, and then, and then, and then. <laughs> so these books were written fast. All 12 of the original uh, Robotech books were written in one year. They are not big books, as as we've stated a couple of times. But what would happen is one author would take one, and they'd stay in communication with the other author, who was busy writing two. Uh, as soon as one was finished, the first author would move on to three. The second author would move on to four. And they just busted through all of Macross in what? What would that be? Uh, three months? Like sure. they, must, they must have worn out some serious VHS doing this. Wow. 
I mean, you say 12 books in a year, is that something special? Because I think Dean Koontz would like a word with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the difference is these are good. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, yeah. (laughs) You know, like, for example, uh, these will never be found in an airport, which is, you know, how I categorize a good book. Okay. Yeah. You know, I I can work with that. Why is it that airports sell crap? Like, good stuff would sell if they would just sell it. They know that people are there, they're desperate, and they're looking for any kind of comfort to relieve the stress. So they can literally sell you garbage, and you will buy it for the pleasurable high you get from purchasing anything. Yeah. That's why airports sell crap. It's true. Nobody is going into an airport library or airport bookstore (laughs) expecting something quality. Like, ah, fuck, I'm buying something from the bookstore. I want it to put me to sleep. (laughs) yeah another thing to note is this is no longer what is considered robotech canon oh how so i am not sure this is a a big debate but apparently even though this is the touchstone where robotech started it's just it's it's not canon because the licensing has been moved revoked batted around like a shuttlecock okay it's yeah it's just it's it's a giant clusterfuck and what settled out of it kind of retconned all of this, which is, a, it's, it's a damn shame because this, this was the story that we all got involved in. No matter where you stand on what is canon and what is not, everyone, everyone admits that, you know, Rick Hunter, not in bell bottoms, you know, that's not how they started. Everyone started with the same 70s, early 80s cartoon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... It's 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 hard to to even say that because it's it's weird. It's like this is the thing we all know and love, and it's apparently not real. Well, canon is one of those touchy subjects for me, where I don't think that canon is allowed to be dictated by licensors when a property reaches a certain point of popularity. I like that. For example, Star Wars. When they took Star Wars and just arbitrarily declared that everything written up to this point except X, Y, and Z was no longer canon, that's some bullshit. It's my canon. Those are the books that I've read. There are hundreds, if not thousands of them out there. And they, you know, they tell a story. They're what established Star Wars into what it was. So for for. For somebody to just be like, well, the Robotech license, which is notoriously shifty and whoever knows what's going on with that at any one time, for somebody to just arbitrarily say, we've just decided that those books which tell the whole story aren't actually canon. Wait, but who cares? <laughs> who <Yeah>. cares? <laughs> no, I, I, I get exactly no. what you're saying. Like, I miss some some things about Star Wars, too, which have been declared null and void. Um, like Han Solo at Star's End and uh, A Splinter in the Mind's Eye. Some of those early novels were really good. Mara Jade, Kyle Katarn, The Twins, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Those are like the hallmarks of the good Star Wars era that wasn't the trilogy. You know, the extended Star Wars universe, as they called it then, the EU Mm-hmm. Those, you know, those are icons. Even the Yuzhan Vong, for all of their weirdness, <laughs> was still awesome. And then for for me to now live in a world where Mara Jade isn't canon anymore, what? 
What? I just I just don't even like the words canon. You know, yeah. the, the 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 concepts behind it is horrible. I I want to like what I like without being told by some. Well, actually, that's not. No, no, no. You sit down. You be quiet. I love something, and you can shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> A lot of, and to tie this back into what we actually do here at the Glitter Boys, a lot of this was picked up in the role-playing games. Now, there are divergences between the novels and uh, the books. They had to invent a lot of stuff, like the properties of protoculture, where it made mecha transform. It was fuel. It made people transform. It was people fuel. And that's all there was in the cartoon. Now, they talked with a lot of the uh, original people. They talked with uh, Carl Masick, and they, they tried to get a picture of it, but a lot of this was just off the cuff. So protoculture, its its shapings were kind of, they, they kind of forced it. The force did it. <laughs> <laughs> Wizards and elves. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not just a, a transformation fuel. It was manipulating the, the destiny of the universe uh, through its shapings and... It 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 made it interesting. Okay. Uh, they took a lot of liberties, but I think that enriched it because protoculture, it's still a MacGuffin, but they fleshed it out to such a degree by tying it in with the Invid, uh, the Flowers of Life, the original betrayals, some some biblical things there of of Zor and uh, the uh, the Invid Queen. The it's um they they did a lot of stuff. They also did the. Uh, they also did the thinking cap in the cartoon. That's just a helmet. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Let's step back a little bit. Zor and the Invid Queen. We've talked about this before. Did he shack mm-hmm. up with her? Uh, yes. He seduced her to get the secrets of the flowers of life. So was Zor an analog for Zeus? Well, he didn't visit her in the guise of a pomegranate seed or uh, a year <laughs> supply of microwave popcorn. So I'm not <laughs> sure if it's an exact analog, but I, I, I think you could say it's derivative. Okay. Zeus did that shit. He was a dick. No, I mean, they were always disguising themselves as things to get with the ladies. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't he like fuck some lady as a ray of sunlight? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So the next time you're tossing your hair in the <laughs> the glorious sunlight, ladies. Yeah. The God is impregnating you. could you. be impregnated. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm straying off course here. You were talking about the thinking cap. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, it's just a, a cool-looking motocross helmet uh, with lots of red on it in yeah. in the series. In in the books, it it takes the pilot's thoughts and through the the mysteries of protoculture, sends it to the machine, which uh, to the to the Veritech, which gives it this this grace. You're you're not wearing a suit of of armor that's controlled with uh, gross uh, analog controls. You are literally thinking what you want your machine to do. So I don't really know the timing wise. I am not the biggest fanboy at all of these others, the, the source material. Oh, I'm not either. When, when I went on sites and asked questions, yeah. I got revealed for what level of fanboy I am. And I'm barely above neophyte, no matter how big love I have for this. There are people out there who know things. Well, I know that in Macross Plus, the anime, the thinking cap was canon. Like that, yeah. the brain helmet was how they piloted those things. So that must have been something that they added. They like a they brought reincorporated maybe that I think Macross might have taken from Robotech or at least you know have the circle completes kind of thing because 
I know Macross Plus was newer than the original Macross. Well, it's it's hard to tell because of the licensing and what you can get in your country, but Macross was there first. Uh, before Robotech happened. True, but then Macross Plus happened later after yeah. all of this had been established. So it's entirely possible that something made its way back. I, absolutely. The, the yeah. cross-pollinization, it's almost impossible to pin down unless you were doing a, a college-level study on this thing <laughs> to find out who went where and said where with who. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the, It should be remembered that a lot of the source material was was not in English and it was translated for them. So, I mean, the liberties taken were, were the liberties taken. It's, it's just what it is. Well, let's get back to the books themselves before we go like deep, deep, deep into Robotech history. And this book in particular, which I've said before, I think we both said multiple times, it's a book that you can read in an evening. You know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a slim book and it's a quick read. And I must say that the authors have a way with words yeah. it's it's not it, it, it is not by any means amazing fiction or you know or great literature but the authors have a really good way of describing certain things at certain times that i thought was pretty cool one of my favorite highlights from the early books is the term uh where did the sent here it is just a quick sentence really short in Earth's slaughterhouse skies, the dying began again. Yeah, the first, uh, the, the no, the second uh, fight in Macross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, above Macross Island, there are. I like the way it originally starts. To it starts with Zor, and it starts with Britai and Britai's fury at what Zor had done, and yeah. it really sets the stage for what happens later in the series with the Masters, and then later in the Sentinels. And in the Invid, it is, it is one of the best. I I I am not a fan of five years later, but it is it is one of the best early prologues that will wrap up a whole series. That uh, you go, oh oh, later on in the series as you're reading through a million books. They also do some Dune references, but in an interesting way. Not that they don't reference Dune directly, but each chapter is introduced in the same way that the Dune books were with a quote from someone's book about things that happened in this time in the past. I love that. Yeah. I, there, there's a word for it and I forget what it is, but um, it is, it's, it's one of my favorite things when done well. It, 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 it builds your sense of the universe, especially through the use of multiple authors at the beginning of uh at the beginning of chapters different books being referenced mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes the mental canvas you're seeing it on bigger and more real and when it's done well it is a it is a great aid to storytelling yeah there are some great references here to some core mechanics of palladium games here's one in reference of a missile swarm Roy got a number of the missiles, detonating them, which in turn knocked out all of the others. Bam. That's a Palladium missile mechanic. (laughs) And it's a a real world tactic, too. So this book covers the first five episodes of the cartoon. It basically gets you, what is it, through the the part where uh, Minmay and Rick are uh, stranded on the SDF-1 and rescued. 
and it sets up the the beginning of the the Rick Minmay love story. And I think the the ser- the book ends with Rick enlisting, right? Yeah, yeah. The, Rick has a lot of character development through this. He starts as a punk and uh, you know kind of dismissive of the military, and I like some of the honesty in it uh, because, like many young lads, he does not. You know, some of it isn't, you know, to serve and protect and to do the high noble things. He's like, those uniforms look snappy and I'll bet Minmay would really like me in one of them. Oh, man, just looking through my, my, my quotes here. There was just so many really good lines in this book. I, I was really, really impressed. Her lovely cultish legs seem to go on forever. Mm. Oh, yeah. And Minmay's 15. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, whoa, dude. <laughs> yeah i mean there, there's some parts of it that are kind of cringe now that the 80s are well and truly gone <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. oh here's another good line Gloval dipped deep into the fortitude that develops when death has been cheated a hundred times and comes back for a rematch <laughs> you really get all, all the characters introduced are 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 very well fleshed out from the bridge crew uh, Sammy, Vanessa, Lisa, Le- Le- they go extensively into Lisa. They go extensively into Gloval. They go extensively into Rick Hunter, uh, Min May and her cousin, her, her extended family, the, the, the mayor of Macross. All of this is really extensively worked on. These, these characters are very well established and they're, they're going to be brought back again and again. This was a really, really great beginning to the series, but the series gets better from here. And uh, God, I just love this book. And I really hope that everyone listening to me went out and at least bought an EPUB of it or rented it from the library, rented Mm -hmm. it, got (laughs) it from the library (laughs) because I want, I want this kind of thing to be recognized and get a resurgence. I I want, I want wherever those two authors are now, I have no idea if they're even alive. You know, I, I want them to get their, their pennies on the dollar from this. I really liked the, look into Britai. I like yeah. that he got a lot more exposure in the early part of the story because Britai was always a fascinating character. You know, he's interest he's introduced into the series as a villain, but he's really just someone else's pawn and eventually realizes that what he's doing is not the right course of action. And the relationship between him and Exodor is mm-hmm. very nicely uh, expanded here. You get a lot more insight into Exodor, who, you know, in the series, you just look at Exodor as like the creepy, big haired, big headed, smart one. But yeah. in this, you get his insights into things and their thoughts about each other, that professional respect that they have. It's, yeah. It's very interesting, too, because Exodor would have been killed by the Zentradis. When he was decanted from his tank, there was serious consideration as to whether he was done being cooked. Yeah. But Britai was one of the only people, and uh, I'm not sure if this is if this is official or someone else's stuff. I've read a lot of <laughs> questionable stuff on Robotech. Uh, but Britai apparently was also involved in the, the preservation of Exodor, because he was, you know, so insightful and such a repository of his race's knowledge, one of the few, because the Zentradi as a created race, don't get to have histories 
they they have historians. It's it's like uh like the 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 tribal tale teller, but he was one of very few people who knew the histories of the Robotech masters because in a warrior race he was little and stunted. So with the same spirit as as a, as a fighter as a soldier, he applied himself to what he could master, and I I like that about him, and that they they go into that a lot. Yeah. I'm eager to see where the rest of this goes. I mean, I know where it's going. So I guess a better way of saying that is I am eager to see the rest of the way it goes, primarily how it gets there. Yeah. Because, again, it's going to be the same ultimate destination and the sights along the way will be familiar. But reading this book was kind of eye-opening. I actually then went back and watched the episodes and it just wasn't the same anymore because uh, what, you know, if Robotech, I love Robotech. Robotech is fun. It's emotional at times. There's missile fights. There's giant robots. There's da, 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 da. there's it's It's a fantastic, fun show. And this just added a little bit more perspective to it. It really did. And one of the things I truly truly like is even with this made up cross translated jumbled traded back and forth got the license lost the license you're the writer you're the writer it's remained remarkably stable and consistent across books television show graphic novels role playing games there hasn't been a whole heck of a lot of rewrite and i don't care what they say i'm going with harmony gold is Robotech final answer? Now, those of you who are, you know, Macross, that that's fine. Also great, also wonderful, but I would say distinctly different. Yeah, it's different. It's different enough that there's <laughs> one is it, yeah, it's, like, it's translation. You know, it's almost. It, I was about to say it's almost as if somebody took one and then wrote their own story. Well, that's exactly what they did, actually. So wait, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wait, wait a second. You know, we I, we've talked about the references and everything. I haven't talked yeah. about the book all that much, and I really should. Um, so, for those of you who haven't read it, stop here. Go read the damn thing. Final chance. We've already spoiled. Come all back. Of it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know we're we're a month late. Yeah. So this is basically. The, the the setup and the tale. The SDF-1 crashes on Earth uh, after Zor sent it there to keep it out of the hands of the Robotech Masters. Humanity finds it. Humanity is involved in a civil war of global proportions. We realize that there are bigger and badder things out there that are, could kick our ass. So, like humans, we go, no, we're going to kick your ass first, and we're going to take this ship, and we're going to build it. And we do something that is apparently uniquely human and it's a it's a common trope in a lot of sci-fi that we are inventive we don't just take the knowledge passed down to us from the from the progenitors or forerunners or whatever we we make it our own and change it we are the I, the race whose whole thing is hold my beer i got this yeah i was i was about to say yeah. that we are we are the florida redneck of, mm -hmm. of the galaxy it's like okay so yep. i got this lawnmower and a go-kart now i'm gonna make myself a fighter <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it crashes, we build this uh, thing, the aliens find it, they start to kick the shit out of it. We attempt to take off and and flee so that the battle isn't on Earth, that they will chase the, uh, the, the, the spaceship. We go a little too far. <laughs> Several attempts to escape fail. <laughs> you know, they, they, they attempt to rise up and their engines literally vanish. 
They attempt no, to they, they rip through. What? The first they rip through. Oh yeah, the first one's ripped through. The yeah. second time the engines vanish. The third time they make it up, but I think they're going up to a group of other ships. Those ships get vaporized, and then they're like, "Oh, nope, heading back down." Yep. <laughs> okay, maybe the fourth time's the charm. This is kind of yeah. interspatial whack-a-mole. Yeah, the fourth but, time um, they accidentally teleport to Pluto. <laughs> and right about there is uh, a little bit after that is is where the book ends. Um, yeah. Rick and Min May get trapped in the ship um, because Rick was being an idiot and utterly not nice to his big brother. There is uh, interstellar fisheries. There is uh, tuna catching in outer space. There is a wild disregard for the lethal environment that outer space actually is. Yeah. Rick and Min make kiss. They share a kiss. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, there, there is talk of marriage. Mm-hmm. And right at that moment, they get rescued. Yeah. And Rick gets really upset and mopes around. Like, I, I believe he's 17, 18. I forget. He's, he's young. He's really young there. And I'm hoping he's 17 because that makes what he and Min may try to do uh, a lot legaler. Yeah. Let's go with 17. Sure, (laughs) sure. They build it. They rebuild the town that gets destroyed. They rebuild it in the hull, inside the hull of the robot. Well, the spaceship, the Mac, the uh, the SDF one. But (laughs) as fortune would have it, it's not over yet. The SDF one transforms. uh, Unknown to everybody else, it turns into a giant man shaped robot with aircraft carriers for arms. But in the process, destroys the town all over again. This is just a whole lot of destruction. <laughs> Lang's inventions are often like this. Um, Lang is the, uh, Dr. Emil Lang is the brilliant father of robotechnology for the humans. Uh, he takes a boost in the beginning. Basically, he uh, he gets some uh, Zentradi Mentat juice and understands on a deeper level robotechnology and protoculture. So he can do things with that. Like when the uh, when the gravity no when the uh, the fold space drive just vanishes, mm-hmm. his response is wonderful. He just laughs and laughs and <laughs>, laughs because it's the funniest fucking thing that could ever possibly happen. It's also the worst possible thing, but oh, it's yeah. also hilarious. <laughs> of course, of course, of course, it would vanish. <laughs> there is. You know, now that I think about it, there there are a lot of similarities to protoculture, the force, and general MacGuffinry. But I, I find this to be better than the force, especially post-Midichlorian. <sighs> you said it. You said the word. Word. Um, hey, we haven't edited it yet. You don't have to let this stand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Unrelated. Well, no, this is definitely related. It's a tangent. I just had an idea of what I think could be an interesting campaign using Robotech rules. Alternate history or a a moment where cannon splits. What if when they tried to escape, the full space drive worked? And that's where the campaign begins. So they're on the dark side of the moon and... Zentradi are encircling the Earth. Mm-hmm. That would be very interesting. Yep. And if they, people, if the players haven't seen Robotech, great. Just have them watch the first four episodes. Read this book. That's all they need. <laughs> yeah. They don't need any more. I don't want to get into where this leads too much because we're going to be covering that. Uh, you know, I, I say next month, but you know, another one will come when it gets here. Someday. <laughs> 
I, I will say, if you are a fan of the series, you owe yourself these books. Now, I will say something else. I went looking for about the third time in my life for these paperbacks. They have all of a sudden gotten really expensive. Uh, they used to be able to be found at Goodwill for like a buck a piece, and now they're on eBay for like twelve. Or you get a whole bunch of them together, and you're you're talking a couple hundred bucks. This is because we are the new boomers. Yeah, apparently we are now that generation that everything is being marketed to, and thus everything from our childhood, everything that we would consider nostalgic, is making a comeback. And original relics of said nostalgia are now worth far more than they would have been 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So if you got them, hang on to them. If you can find them for cheap, get them. Go for the good covers. You can get the the omnibuses that collect the books. I think it's uh, six in the original and then uh, three and three. The book covers are really good. Really good Those covers. Those covers. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy airbrush. Like you could see mm-hmm. this on the side of a van I'm and go, yeah, nice that. job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say as I'm looking in your background as that, at that classic Star Wars poster, that's, you know, oh, could also yeah. be on the side of a van. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, with the round window. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Perfectly placed. So we did this as a book club and we've never done a book club before. We kind of talked about it and book clubs are typically done in, I don't know, there's some, usually some kind of a structure to them. Like... What's this thing you speak of? Structures? <laughs> we don't do structure here at the Glitter Boys. <laughs> we just do random love for Palladium stuff and its uh, general sphere of influence. So uh, some people had commented that, oh, uh, this is a book club. You haven't really seemed very clubbish with it. And you know what? You're right. Apologize for that. If we ever do another book club, which I hope we do... We'll probably have to figure out some more incentives, you know, some kind of uh, conversation hooks to get things going. You know, how do we check include in our points. audience in this? How do we do that? Mm, no, I want to do that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm, we're open yeah. to ideas. Uh, yeah. So, if, so, listeners, if you're like, you know, how it could have been done better to make it more interactive or something, let us know. You know what you and yeah. I could have done? What? Literally looked for any book club instead of just reading the book and winging it like we normally do. <laughs> we could have. True. We yeah. could have investigated. We, we could have investigated it. <laughs> I just liked the words book and club together. So it made it, it made reading a book and reviewing it more special. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll probably have at least a month before our next one. So if you have any ideas, feel free to comment below wherever you see this. We do read them all. I don't have much else to say. Read the damn book. I know the book that I want to do next. What's and that? I might as well go ahead and say this so that people can order it in advance. And that would be, it's an actual Palladium book. They have a book of short stories called uh, Tales from the Chai Town Burbs. Mm-hmm. It's not always in print. So the reason I say it is so that y'all can track down a copy. I love this book. It is quality fiction. And I think that people should track down a copy so that in a month or so, when we're like ready to do another book club and we actually have a little bit more up our sleeve to talk about it, we can hit that and give it a proper treatment. I like it. All right. Well, um, that was the first book of Robotech. You have uh, 20 to go because we didn't have enough of a library to work through with Palladium. So we thought we'd pick, you know, a small (laughs) series to gradually work through. 
You know, I know that Palladium doesn't have the Robotech license anymore. And I know that there's some storied history with them and the license. And then whatever. We're fans of Palladium from the era when they did have the license. And as such, there is a heavy personal association with everything Robotech and Palladium. I'm sorry. It's relevant. Yeah. And Robotech was my first exposure to the Palladium universe. Yep. Uh, there was my first exposure to Mega Damage. It was my first exposure to the fucking art by Long. So, in in my own personal, not to overuse the term, headcanon, Robotech <laughs> and Palladium are just they're they're in, intertwined to such a way that you cannot pull them apart. Yeah, whatever the evil evil lawyers may say. So yeah, that, that's 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 how we got here. Plus, I, I pushed for it because I really wanted NPC to read these. We will be getting eventually, and I can't wait till you get there, NPC, because I want you to read The Masters, because that is easily the worst of the cartoons. Um, but The Masters books are good. That's the Dana series? Yeah. Oh, the best part is, uh, from that point forward, it'll all be new to me, because I've never... I, I tried the first few episodes of Masters. Oh, dude, it's so It was bad. terrible. It was, it was awful. I have gritted my teeth and watched... After Macross, I've watched it once, all the way through, and it was a chore. I did not enjoy it, and it actually lessened my love <laughs> of it a little bit. But those weren't out when I, uh, or at least they weren't out in my area when uh, the cartoons were happening. So I only knew Macross, and my people, my my parents, got me the the books for Christmas, a, a huge stack of them. Yeah, and I just devoured them and like. Three weeks. So you read them before you watched it? Uh, before the second and third. Yeah. Before okay. Masters and Invid. Fascinating. Yeah. Because I'm old enough that you had to go down to a video store. And if the video store had it, <laughs> that's when you got to watch it. But um, yeah. So I, I can't wait till we get there because you are going to be pleasantly surprised. I am looking forward to it. I have all of it. All right, everyone. That was Genesis. I hope you enjoyed our quasi book club. <laughs> yeah leave us a comment below and if you have any ideas on how to make this better and more be more like a book club uh we'd love to hear it yeah drop down our discord server and uh leave us some notes join the conversation our discord server is hopping i'm really impressed with the conversations that go on and the coolness of the people who join and it seems like almost every other day we have new people stopping in it really feels like we're a secret tree fort uh, yeah. because like I, I realize that there's a lot of people like playing D&D and stuff now it's it's become way more mainstream but we are a subgenre of a subgenre of a very very wide field but we arrived at a point where it, where it influenced a lot of people's lives really early palladium mm -hmm. and um though it's it's kind of one of the, the they who know no kind of thing and it's it's always such it's always so much fun to read other people's stories other people's interactions with palladium where, where they got it how they came to it their their favorite characters and tales and i just i freaking love our discord server i think it's searchable as the glitter boys but i think it's under our, our parent company right the discord server you can get to it directly just by Entering in breakfastpuppies.com slash discord and it will forward you right to our server. And you're right, kind of in some way is like a secret tree club because 
uh, new people who join, you got to say hello. If you don't say hello, then you don't get access to everything. It it's, could be as simple as just saying hello, but we like humans, uh, not bots. Well, there are some yeah. bots, but we like humans to interact with humans who aren't going to, you know, flood with Cialis spam or whatever. So it's <laughs> it, drop in, say hello. Somebody very quickly will say hello right back at you. And then suddenly all of our wonderful channels will open up to you. Like the flower of life. Like the flower Just of blooming. life. blooming. Well, that, that's all I got. Then aliens will come, trash your planet, steal your shit, kill off three quarters of your population, and enslave the rest. Just glass it. Glass it all yeah. to hell. <laughs> it's the only way to be sure. We need to stop now. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Good night. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.